everyone, and welcome into Living Liberty Today. This is episode 21. We're going to call this one the Holiday Scramble because we have so many topics we're going to touch on, and it'll be sort of a scrambled mess before it's all done. But I hope you find something interesting and useful in today's podcast. First of all, I want to wish everyone out there a blessed and I hope you had a blessed and Merry Christmas. And I also hope you're having a moving and historic Hanukkah. And for those of you who celebrate Kwanzaa, I hope it was classic and peaceful for you. This is a difficult time of year for some people, and particularly this year, as we've had uh, sort of a weird and, how do I put it, angst-driven year for 2020, particularly beginning in about February and March. On a personal note, my wife, Pat, who is the matriarch of our family since her parents and mine have both passed, so now she becomes the the grand dame of the family, Uh, was really torn up on Wednesday about the prospect. Wednesday, if you recall, was Christmas Eve Eve, about how this Christmas is just not going to be the same as those in the past. And she was fearful and worried that it might never be the same going forward. I understand that because... uh, this Christmas Eve, for many people, and this Christmas time of season has been for many people uh, a disruptive season due to the virus and compounded by the coercive policies by politicians and bureaucrats. Um, it's been a really difficult time for a lot of people when you put in uh, six to eight to nine months of semi or almost total lockdown for some people, that festive season where we enjoy one another's company, where we enjoy the happy spirit of moving among our friends and neighbors at various craft markets and holiday shopping and so forth, where you always hear a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah when you walk around. You're denied that to a large degree this year because even if you do have the opportunity to go out, you don't encounter people at the intensity and level that you have in the past. So it is a difficult time for many people. It's a fearful time for so many people. But even if only a segment of the population is scared because of the virus and its impact, on what's going on, that affects all of us. For example, if if people are fearful and stay inside, and you're one of those who are not afraid and you go out, you still notice the absence of goodwill, the absence of hearty hellos and Merry Christmases and so forth. So even the fear for some, whether it be a minority or a majority, affects each and every one of us. So that brings me up to the point of the vaccine. So far, we've had two vaccines released for distribution, the one from Pfizer and Moderna, and AstraZeneca is right on the cusp of going out and being distributed. I'm not sure personally 
if I'm going to get the vaccine. I'm 74 and a half and a type 1 diabetic, and I'm sure my doctors will be beating on me with a sledgehammer to take it. I'm still not sure if I'm personally going to take it. But the good news about the vaccine is if it lessens the grip of fear and iron-fisted government that we're encountering today, then let's turn it loose. Let's get it done. Let's get as many people vaccinated who want it so we can take this umbrella, this milieu, this fog of fear that we're working in now in the country. Thank you, mainstream media. If we can take that fog and clear it away, if we can take the irresponsible governors who have overreacted and selectively reacted and get them to open their fists and let life move on at least some degree of of, uh, normalcy, then bring it on. Let's get the shots done. To give you an example of what I'm talking about, as you may know, I've mentioned before our family's in the restaurant business, so I tend to look at news that I can find in that that impacts that area of, of, of the economy. And I read on Wednesday that there were 110,000 restaurants that have closed in the United States so far this year. Now, given that the life expectancy of a restaurant is not generally good, but still, when you consider 2,200 restaurants per state, that have closed so far this year, and we don't know, some may or may not reopen after this mess is reconciled, but 2,200 restaurants in a state is a lot. And and granted, they're not equally distributed. Certainly California and New York would have their a higher level. Illinois, too, because they've had more uh, dramatic shutdowns, and also they have higher populations. But nevertheless, you're talking about 2,200 opportunities per state for people to have entry-level jobs. We're talking about high school students, college students, part-time workers who just want to work maybe the lunch crowd so they can be home when their kids get home from school, all kinds of things going on, dynamics involved in the restaurant business, say four to five, eight employees maybe that have been impacted by that those 2,200 closures per state. Also, think about the owners. I know for a fact that the owners, operators of restaurants work twice as long as the restaurant is open. If your restaurant is open 40 hours a week, you can expect to put in 80 because you've got prep work, you've got cleanup, you've got sanitation, you've got inventory to do, you've got product to order, all those types of things that go on behind the scenes when the restaurant isn't open. Those people, those people who've invested so much of their lives, so much of their effort, and certainly most of their capital are suffering today. They're facing the prospect of paying back debt and bills they have no income to handle. So it's a, it's, a, it's a new dynamic we're in, even though a number of different businesses and small businesses have been negatively impacted by this whole thing. I'm, I'm very close to the restaurant industry, and that's been the most, um, how do I put it, most immediately impacted across the board, state by state, city by city. 
Remember, not only are we losing jobs and maybe opportunities for those owners or whatever, we're also losing Little League sponsors and yearbook advertisers for those of you in small-town America that know how important uh, they are to the overall scheme of things. Some elements in the small business community have managed to thrive. If you're in the repair or fix-it-up business, you've had greater opportunities because people are looking to maybe improve what they have rather than acquiring new. So that's been an opportunity for you. But uh, overall, for small business, it's been devastating. The huge, large corporations who have full-time who have a full-time presence in Washington, D.C. or the state capitals have not been impacted that much. They've been deemed essential. But those of you who operate your own business or operate maybe one or two uh, elements of a small chain, uh, you've been hit right upside the head big time. So let's hope that going forward, maybe things become a little clearer Maybe the fear is lessened somewhat. Maybe we can get over the hump. Maybe the politicians who just love their weekly or daily or semi-weekly TV shows where they get glorified for being the great Don Juan attacking the windmills of COVID devastation. Maybe they can get over their little power schemes and maybe we can start crawling back out of this hole and going forward and trying to reestablish some basic economy. I think for a lot of small towns, and even in big cities, the small uh, owner-operator businesses are going to be in real trouble, and they are the backbone of community. They are the ones who hold the community together, along with churches who have been impacted negatively by uh, strictly political decisions and so forth. Um, fitness clubs where people go to work out to clear their minds and strengthen their bodies. A strengthened body can fight a virus a lot better than a weaker one. And also just having the uh, endorphins working while you're working out certainly going to help your mental attitude as you cope with all the insanity that's going on around us. So next week, when we do this podcast next week, we'll be in 2021. Now, it doesn't make a whit of difference. It's just another day, and it's accidental that it's a new year because of the Julian calendar and the Earth's orbit around the sun. But nevertheless, we've determined that one year ends and another one starts. Another cycle, a 365 and one quarter day cycle starts. And maybe, just maybe, we can all have a little hope going forward that things will be better. There's enough good news on the horizon, still in a lot of clouds, a lot of clouds, but we can see maybe a tiny ray of sunshine as we look ahead. You know, each of us has mental capacity. Every human being has some mental capacity, some more than others. But very few of us, very few humans have real vision. And to give you a sense of what vision is, I was once at a craft show and saw some beautiful wreaths made out of thistles. Now, I guarantee you, when I was a kid growing up on the farm, a thistle 
was not allowed to live. They had to die. So when you can take something as obnoxious and as difficult as a thistle and turn it into a work of beauty and a work of art, you have a vision. Just like little kids looking at dandelions and seeing the pretty flowers. You're standing there in your garage. You're looking out at that little sprinkle of yellow out in your lawn. And you're, and you're seething on the inside and thinking about how you're going to get rid of them. And your three-year-old picks one off and says, Mommy, Daddy, see the pretty flower? They have vision. They see something there that the rest of us can't see. So hopefully going forward in 2021, people with vision will lead us out of this mess. And you, you will work hard to develop your vision. Look at all the parameters surrounding whatever circumstance you're in and look at the opportunities that may be lurking around the outside. Look at the opportunities that may be under. Maybe you want to examine a contrarian approach to what other people are doing and see what opportunities in that for you. Now, I can encourage contrarianism because I am one. But for those of many of us, we tend to go with the flow and that works pretty well until you come to the waterfall, okay? So in that case, don't always go with the flow. Maybe find a way to turn your canoe around and paddle upstream so that you can see what other people have missed. I know that's kind of corny, but I, I wish it for you. I wish 2021, even though it's an arbitrary time, I wish it's just going to be a wonderful year for you. So I'm wishing you a happy new year uh, right now as, as we go forward, looking forward. I do want to remind you that Living Liberty Today uh, can be found at the Charlie Earl site on LinkedIn. We have our own page on Facebook. We're on iHeartRadio, MeWe, Parlor. We're on the Google Podcasts now as our empire keeps growing. But... We're still having fun doing this. I guess fun and despite all the agony and stuff we're going on. Remember, folks, keep your head up. Keep looking for opportunities. And I wish you could live free and be free. This is Living Liberty Today. I'm Charlie Earle.